The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The Gospel of our Lord. Good morning, St. Mark's. It is hard for me to believe that it has been 10 years since I was on internship here as your vicar. That was the same year that David began as Cantor, and it was the 90th anniversary year when the stained glass windows were designed and installed downstairs. Pastor Matt and I were in first call theological education together when I served my first call in Shelby, and now I serve as one of the pastors at Grace in Hendersonville. Thank you for the invitation to return to St. Mark's this morning. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. One of my preaching professors always reminded us to preach grace because we are all too good at preaching law for ourselves. And today's gospel is no exception. We live in a world dominated by rules and condemnation and motivated by rewards. So immediately we hear Jesus' teaching as a to-do list a moral or ethical checklist we should pursue if we want to have God's blessing. But God's blessing isn't anything we can earn. That's what makes it God's action for us. There's nothing we can do to earn God's love and nothing that can separate us from God's love. 
So if that's not what Jesus is on about, what is he saying? It's helpful to remember that for Matthew, Jesus is the one fulfilling all righteousness, the Messiah of whom the prophets of old talked about. In his gospel, Matthew draws parallels between Moses and Jesus, and scholars draw parallels to the traditional five books of Moses, or the Pentateuch, and the five speeches by Jesus that Matthew records. Our gospel today begins with the first 12 verses of his initial sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. Following the parallel to Moses, this speech corresponds with Genesis, when God spoke creation into being. Only now, Jesus is speaking the new creation, the kingdom of heaven, into being. In these first 12 verses, known as the Beatitudes, Jesus is addressing the disciples. But he's not talking about the disciples. Instead, he is drawing attention to the reversal that God is bringing about in the world. In ancient Israel, suffering, disease, and poverty were all considered to be signs of being out of God's favor, or at least signals that the person had some fatal flaw or had made some irredeemable mistake. In contrast, in the Roman Empire, divine blessing belonged to those who were members of the Roman Senate, soldiers or kings, and divinity was something that was bestowed on or withheld from leaders after their death. The empires celebrated loyalty and victory and conquest and proclaimed that the Roman Empire was eternal and everlasting. The images of these values were everywhere, in sculpture and in art and even on the coins used in commerce. So it is against this religious and imperial landscape that Jesus goes up a mountain and begins to teach. And immediately he tells his followers that the ones who have God's blessing the ones whom God honors are not the religious leaders, the powerful politicians, or the battle-proven conquerors, but the meek and the merciful. The ones whom God honors are not the ones who have demonstrated loyalty to the emperor, but those who have been persecuted and those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They are not those whose peace comes from the Pax Romana, the Roman peace inaugurated by Augustus, but the peacemakers who work for shalom, the well-being and peace of others. And finally, the blessed are not those who propagate the empire 
but those who are pure in spirit or singularly focused on God. What Jesus describes is what the kingdom of heaven here on earth and among us looks like. And because we live in the already but not yet, what he describes are the marks of what will be when God's will is accomplished. And it is a transformation that only God can initiate. In the last two verses of our gospel reading, Jesus changes saying, blessed are they, to saying, blessed are you. It's one word. But with that one word, Jesus makes it clear that while this transformational coming of God's kingdom is God's will and work, his followers have a role. And it's not always going to be comfortable. The words from the psalmist and the prophet Micah guide us here. What will please the Lord? Lead a blameless life. Speak truth from your heart. Do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with your God. Comparing his followers to those ancient truth-tellers, Jesus invites us all to participate in this new creation, this new way of being in relationship and community with each other. In the same way that Moses brought the Ten Commandments to the Israelites and told them, how God envisioned them in relationship with God and with each other, Jesus tells us how to see the people in our lives, community, and world. To see them through God's eyes, with God's blessing on them, even, and perhaps especially, when the rest of the world won't. Recently in confirmation, our middle school students used their own words to write their own beatitudes. Some of the ones that they wrote said, blessed are the ones who aren't as fortunate as others, for they will always be in God's presence. Blessed are those who grieve because they realize what is most important in life. Blessed are those who are bullied, for they will be strengthened by God. And blessed are those starving for God's grace, for they will be overflowing in love. God wants us, God's children, to imitate Jesus when we look at God's people and show others how God's blessing or honor and God's love flood 
the world, soaking each one of us in God's grace. As we go into the world today and this week, may we have our eyes opened to see as God does. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, we give you thanks for your son, Jesus, who shows us your love. We thank you for your grace, for your forgiveness that we cannot earn. And we thank you for your promise that nothing separates us from you. Open our eyes to see our siblings and neighbors as blessed and honored in your sight. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.